0: So like, well, I'm calling to order the Peace River Town Council regular meeting for Monday, September 10th, 2018. And the record showed that we started one minute after five. And those that are at fault for delaying the meeting know who they are. are <laughs> welcome so uh we have an agenda or all counselors should have an agenda in front of them uh, are there any additions mr parker
1: if there are your worship there's two additions uh, one will be under um, in camera white, but in due exception to disclosure uh disclosure harmful for business interest of a third party and the second one will be under briefing note uh and that will be under new business i believe and the groups okay are
0: there any deletions uh, there are on that door show. Okay, very good. Uh, can I get a motion to uh, accept the agenda as amended? i move the motion is amended. Okay. All in favor? Uh, there's two sets of minutes. Uh, there's the minutes of the August 27, 2018 regular council meeting. Are there any additions, clarifications, amendments, etc? I won't embarrass anyone by asking if everyone's read it. <laughs> of course but. we have. Okay, very good. Then you'll be ready to make a motion to accept yes. the next.
2: I would like to make a motion to accept the regular minutes for August 28th. Okay. All there. Oh, excuse me, that was twenty-seven.
0: Okay. Correction, do we noted it? uh that takes us to the minutes of the august 13 2018 regular council meeting which was amended to correct numbering so uh, this one was actually already accepted but there was a problem with the number uh yes your worship when i was filing them i realized that um
3: 339 is not in fact followed by three
0: hundred and thirty-ten. so we amended that okay so uh perhaps okay all in favor do we have any public hearings mr parker we have none your worship Uh, that takes us to presentations Um, and we have six of them and the first one is actually a proclamation and this will be uh, This is a proclamation request for Pregnancy and Infant infant Loss Remembrance Day, uh, which will be uh, on October the 15th. Who's representing that group? Great. Well, I'll uh, I'll sign these. Uh, The proclamation is, whereas Alberta families endure a great deal of grief and sadness after pregnancy loss, and in alberta approximately 350 stillbirths are reported each year with an estimated 1 in 5 pregnancies ending in miscarriage and whereas that the town of peace river acknowledges the need to increase awareness of infant loss and honor the experience of families and therefore be it resolved that the mayor and council of the town of peace river uh, proclaim, officially proclaim October 15, 2018 as pregnancy and a loss in the town of Missouri. So please go forward and, and and for the record just maybe under an issue to uh, I'm Tyler
2: Elber, I'm I'm and I'm a friend of L.
0: Anything you want
2: to add? Um, no, just
4: in
0: the proclamation you mentioned, it's It's also for pregnancy loss, such as this. Parent, um, so it brings a lot of different standards yeah. together. So, what yeah. so, we'll do is we'll get a picture of me signing in. You can be right behind me. Sure. Do you want to do that, looking out this way or looking out that way? I okay. yeah, awesome. can do it either way. <laughs>
4: It's all set up Should
2: this way. <laughs> it's all set up. If you are just in. Okay. Your Worship, while you're setting up for that, I did want to draw attention um, in the meeting to the uh, first annual walk to remember. Is on September fifteenth at one o'clock p.m. And I'm guessing that's at the Riverfront Park, is it? No, I believe it begins at the WM. Uh, that begins
5: at
2: and ends at Riverfront Park. Yeah. Thanks.
5: We have that Jamie has sent you all ribbons
0: <laughs> if you would like to wear them um, on the actual day. And
6: that
2: is her. Like, wonderful. Okay. okay, everyone look at
0: the camera. Okay. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Thank you. Thank you. Thanks. Thank you.
0: Thanks for bringing us forward. Okay, that isn't the best. We'll keep that. Up. That isn't the best. <laughs> Okay, we're going to post one here in town, and one's, you guys, all hands Well, we just want to say thank you very much. Thank you very much. We very very much appreciate the time and effort. You're getting into making the day a notable one. So if I can call on the group uh, and we'll make a presentation for the Peace River area monitoring program.
7: Sir, i'm the executive director for the oh i need to turn this on do i yeah. uh, i'm the executive director for the peace river area monitoring program committee we call ourselves PRAMP because it's easier and with me is mike visaga and mike is one of our technical program managers for the for our air monitoring work so we are an air monitoring uh, organization that operates in
8: On the
1: website and pull up the presentation no so if you website. go onto our website uh go into council agendas
0: we've got
7: it you got it there okay well let's carry on then thank you and we'll pull it up here um we are working neighbors of the town of peace river and our boundaries don't uh, currently include the town of peace river but we wanted to be able to come and share some information about our organization what we do how we do it and what some of our air monitoring results have been um, we uh, don't want to take any more time than we need to i just wonder is there a specific time that we have that i can kind of mark my watch by i'm not sure if there's a, we weren't given a certain time
0: uh generally well the, the rule of thumb is uh, 20 minutes
7: that's great and we want to make sure we within in that 20 minutes and we'll have time for questions from you if you have any as well So we'll just talk a little bit about the history of air monitoring in the area, um, uh, how we operate, and uh, if you're interested in getting involved, we can talk about that too. So I'm gonna start with the history of CRAM, which is slide number three. And uh, some of you may be familiar with this already, uh, that you may have heard about uh, the concerns about odors and emissions in the area, Uh, back as far as 2010 or before that and what was unique about this air monitoring work is that community members government and industry opted to come together and work on on ways to address the issues together rather than having the groups work separately or having turning just to industry or just to the government to address the problem the community members were uh, very committed to working together with industry and government the alberta energy regulator held an inquiry in 2014 and uh, while there was monitoring going on prior to that time, our organization, as it exists today, was formalized in 2015 following that inquiry. So in 2016, then we were recognized as an airshed and joined, uh, became the tenth airshed in the province of Alberta. So if we look at slide number five, I'm going to quickly lose track because I see my slides aren't numbered. Um, the the list of the ten airsheds, the Grant Group is the tenth airshed there. And you can see that there are a number of other airsheds filling a good part of the province, but not all of the province yet. And our boundaries make us quite a small airshed relative to others in the province. And uh, that's just how it works here. The the, the boundaries were set uh, coming out of the inquiry with the AER where they were targeted to where there were some, where there are heavy oil operations in the area. So, looking at our pramp operations we're a registered not-for-profit society Uh, we have 10 directors from community industry and government Uh, are happy to have uh, participation from the uh, from our peace river resident shelly shannon who's here today Uh, it's great to have shelly on the board Um, we have indigenous groups represented on our on our board and, and in our committee as well You have uh, half of our staff here with you today. Um, Mike and I, we uh, make up uh, part of the staff and we have another part-time office manager and another part-time technical project manager, technical program manager, excuse me. We're funded through the oil sands monitoring program uh, by a contract with Alberta Environment and Parks. We have an additional um, potential envelope of funding from Alberta Environment and Parks related to outreach as well. So the roles for Pratt, the, the, the it's really about collaboration, again, between industry, government, and community. Um, our first step priority is to monitor the air, uh, to collect the air data and to give meaning to the data. Uh, so we produce reports that help to tell the story of what we're learning from the data. Uh, with that, we conduct education and outreach in the, in the area to help others understand what's happening in the air and we can help to facilitate dialogue if there are issues that 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 arise <laughs> so i just wanted to know one particular outreach program we did partner with an organization called inside education uh, earlier in 2018 and we delivered an air quality curriculum module to five various schools uh, including Good shepherd school here in peace river uh, as well as Lloyd Garrison in Berwyn, uh, École routine in Filaire, Savannah um, in uh, Silver Valley, and Worsley. So we uh, want to continue to do that, to work in the schools as we're able to, and we were able to provide materials in both English and French. So I'll turn it over to Mike to talk more about our air monitoring program, where we do it, how we do it, and, and what we're learning. And it's really just a sampling. If you get Mike going, he can talk all day about this stuff. Uh, but we're going
9: to try to
7: uh, give you a sample of what we're doing.
9: Uh, it's fair to assume that as I cycle through these slides, you guys are seeing the same thing. Okay, uh, so, uh, the slide that you're looking at right now is a, is a map of our monitoring network. Um, currently, we have uh, three operating uh, uh, continuous air monitoring stations. Um, there are the three on the left side of that map uh, uh, station uh, 986842 in our also on this map is the piece of the complex station. which is not part of our network yet yet, but we, um, we, we see that being added to our network in the next uh, three to four months. Um, and what goes on at each of those uh, what goes on at each of those uh, monitoring stations? Well, we have a couple of different monitoring methods in the network. Um, And the bulk of the the presentation today, the results i will be presenting to you today are the the monitoring, the continuous monitoring. So each of those uh, stations I mentioned before, there's a trailer full of air monitoring equipment and each of those, um, there's a picture there that shows what the outside looks like and on the inside, each of those uh, instruments on that rack monitors for a specific uh, compound and parameter Um, and those run 24 hours a day, seven days a week and they're are reporting data to, to our, our, our website in near real time. Another type of monitoring that happens is the uh, the middle picture, which is a canister sample. Whereas the monitoring in the in the um, um, that happens in those trailers, uh, those are specific parameters. The the canister collection happens at the trailers, but it's a collect the collect uh, 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 takes a sample of air that we then send to a laboratory that can provide us with detailed analysis for a number of different compounds. And the third type of sampling there, which is passive sampling, uh, which is something that's not part of our network, but we, have, we, we uh, will be included once the of uh, a Complex monitoring uh, program is folded into our program, is the type of monitoring that gets um, sampled um, on a monthly basis we get one month which is a really good tool for understanding long-term trends in air quality over a large area. Uh, I forgot to mention that the canister sampling is something that happens, it's a triggered sample so that when hydrocarbon concentrations uh, are above a certain level, we collect the sample to identify constituents. Okay. So I'll go, I'll go into some of our monitoring results um, and I'll talk about, this is our continuous is monitoring data and um, there's a series of slides that look like this and uh, each slide is a, is a different parameter and, and if, if you look down the slide we have results from our three monitoring stations stacked one on top of the other uh, the timescale is always the same it always starts in j- January 2010 uh, but the, the monitoring was phased in over time so you see as you move down the charts the monitoring results start, start to appear as you start moving uh, to the more recent uh, monitoring uh, uh, history. Um, so sulfur dioxide is a parameter that you'll see monitored throughout Alberta. It's of particular interest where there's oil and gas activity. Um, um, one of the driving uh, uh, factors, or it, um, uh, that uh, that led to the interest in monitoring air quality in, in the region, is, is, is odors. Um, and while sulfur dioxide is only uh, it can only be small at really high concentrations. It's still important to monitor when we know that there's, there's sources in the area. Uh, it is important to notice that the top scale of these charts is 20 parts per million. The, the, the guideline for for uh, sulfur dioxide is 172, so we're we're well below with the guideline for this for this particular parameter. We we'll move on to sul- uh, total reduced sulfur. Uh, total reduced sulfur now uh, is a is a or sulfurs or as a, a, a of compounds that are of interest because they can be potentially odorous, uh, things like uh, hydrogen hydrogen sulfide as a rotten made, made odor. Um, but as we look at these um, these charts here, um, typically we've seen in the monitoring network uh, the the concentrations for total reduced sulfurs are quite low over time, and there isn't really a tr- isn't really a trend of it going up or down. We do have periodic. Uh, peaks, peaks or spikes here and there, but there isn't a, a particular pattern at one at, at any one of these monitoring stations. But when we start looking at our hydrocarbons and we start looking specifically at methane, this is when the story of Cram and the, the region and what's happened in the region really starts to come to light. Um, uh, methane is a colorless, odorless gas. Uh, so you might ask, why are we monitoring a colorless, odorless gas if if there are, um, order concerns. But methane is the best indicator uh, to tell us that, um, the best indicator that gives us a picture of what industry is doing, doing to control fugitive emissions or leaks and that those types of things from their, from their facilities. And if you look uh, at station 986, you can see in the early record of the monitoring history, there are a lot of very high values for, for um, methane typically the background value for methane should be is about two parts per million and you can see in that you can look back at the history there's upwards of 10 13 uh, parts per million and then as industry and the hearing happened and the increased requirement to have uh, vapor mitigation and those types of activities were uh, implemented the concentrations came down quite drastically so and quite quickly um an interesting little uh, I guess the uh, nuance of the data here is if you look at towards the end of 2017 at station 986 uh, there's a little uptick in methane concentrations and I'll show that in a little in the later slide but the monitoring stations are blind to the source they don't know where the methane is coming from if, if there's methane there it will detect the methane in this case we know that there were cattle in around the the um, and while the cattle were in the field, the station is picking up the methane from, from, from the cattle. Uh, the other thing to note on this chart is the renal monitoring station. It looks different. Uh, the concentrations remain elevated at that site. We're, we are doing more investigating around the, the, the reasons why it continues to remain elevated there. And uh, one of the things that we believe uh, to be the reason is that the, the, the station Sources than station 986 and 842 uh, uh, r to similar sources. The last slide is a non methane hydrocarbons. So these are uh, all these are hydrocarbons, uh, but a class of hydrocarbons that are uh, potentially odorous. Um, um, and, um, and we monitor and we speciate them using the canisters. We identify the different constituents using the canisters. Uh, Overall, we see a similar trend to to, to methane. Is that lots of high concentrations in the past, much fewer uh, uh, high uh, elevated concentrations of frequency and magnitude has come down over time. Uh, This is another look at the. I just wanted to present one snapshot. So the next series of slides are snapshots of air quality. Uh, So volatile organic compounds and the compounds that we analyze for using those canisters. And as you can see, if we look back, we see high concentrations of benzene, uh, and benzene, ethyl benzene, uh, and toluene, and B-tex collectively are sort of, like, a common group of compounds that we look at from a health perspective, uh, or, or interest from a health perspective, and we can see that those concentrations have come down over time. Another uh, slide here this is our, our cattle slide. Um, so, this is just the most, this is the most recent monitoring data from that station, station 986, and there's little uh, green and red uh, markers uh, underneath the data showing when the cattle were put in the field and then when they were removed. So we know that uh, when the cattle were close to the station, the station is picking up the emissions from the cattle and, um, and, and, and uh, that activity. Another indicator um, in our, our monitoring data is we use complaints. So we, we look at the, the data Alberta energy that share shares their complaints data with us we don't know who we don't know any information about who's who filed it we just know that on that date there was a complaint filed uh, so across the, um, the top of the, the uh, slide you can see multicolored uh a multi line which just represents our monitoring data and the second line uh these little red dots in here uh you can see there's a the number of complaints over time has has come down significantly um, we attribute that to a few different things we believe this situation has improved that there are a few reasons to complain because because the order uh, there's fewer emissions and sort of fewer associated orders but we also recognize that uh, historically uh, people likely felt that people that they were calling in and their complaint wasn't getting addressed so they just gave up on calling in their complaint so we recognize that it's not just the, the, the fact that uh, the situation, the inter- situation has, has improved. Uh, just in the interest of time, I'll focus only on the top uh, chart on this slide. Uh, what this slide shows is uh, the top, the blue line is production, oil production for the region, uh, for the Three Creeks region, and the gray line, the gray series of bars, represent the, represents the concentrations of hydrocarbons that we've measured. At so what this chart shows is that in, um, industry implemented the, uh, the mitigation measures, so we saw reduction in those um, uh, ambient concentrations of hydrocarbons. But production went to go continued to go up. So we actually saw production uh, peak after uh, after the the, um, uh, uh, the, the improvements that operations operations were made. This is part of a, uh, an ongoing. Um, Investigation we're doing into the different things that we can correlate our monitoring data, data to, whether it be production complaints this is another way of looking at the data. So, in summary, um, what we've seen is that the, the, ele- the frequency of elevated hydrocarbon events has come down over time. Uh, we've seen the frequency of our canister events come down over time because those canister events were linked to being triggered when there's high hydrocarbon events, so there's just fewer of those number of complaints with, uh, received by government agencies has, has come over time with some of those caveats that I, I previously mentioned. Um, we believe that both the place-based regulatory frameworks, of the directive uh, that instructs industry to industry to um, make changes to their operations uh, and the uh, process improvements and the mitigation measures implemented by industry have resulted in, have resulted in improvements in air quality. We also recognize that ongoing monitoring and assessment is required. There are still things that we're noticing in the monitoring data that require further investigation. And we do recognize that we need to do some more analysis of our our canister monitoring data. Um, So, looking ahead, uh, we are adding a new monitoring station to to our network. so this is, in addition, this is not a piece of a complex station, but it, this is actually, a, I guess, a fifth, fifth monitoring station in the program. Uh, this would be a fully outfitted air quality health index monitoring station. Um, it would be portable, it can be moved around um, at uh, six, 6 to 12 month uh, intervals. Uh, the location is to be determined. We're looking, uh, we're going to be seeking feedback uh, from different organizations. Public from our own, from our stakeholders on where that where that monitoring tool should be should be deployed um, uh, um, and in fact we, in the the trailer itself is, is going to be receiving it in the next in the next week and, and the commissioning work will be happening uh, over the next uh, couple of months um, we'll be reviewing our our boundaries and the locations of the of the monitoring stations. Um, one of our monitoring stations um, is going to be moved, so sort we're of going to be looking for feedback uh, on 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 where that um, station ninety six should go, um, and we work working with communities, indigenous groups, and the Albert Environment and Parks and AER to uh, to assess those monitoring gap gaps, and um, depending on the funding that we as as Carly mentioned, uh, depending on the the, the funding receive from the government will be, will be uh again another kind of focused uh um uh, attempt at increasing education outreach in the region did you say you're moving station 986 yes um it's why the it's the the red yeah the it's
7: resident has, has um very generously provided his land for that for many years and has, uh, has asked for somebody else to take a turn. But
10: yeah. well, you're looking to stay within,
9: like, you want that area, right? Like, you're not. Those are all, but that's one of the questions that will that will be, we'll be asked that we we'll <laughs> we'll look at monitoring or look at moving the, the station. Is it, do we want another site rep- that rep- represents, you know, that's representative of where 986 is now? Or should it be? Have we monitored that location long enough? Do we need to collect more information in different areas? So those are, those are That's a question uh, that will be that will be asked um, by
7: perhaps. Yeah. And the new monitoring station is it could be anywhere. Um, the, the new portable station and, and one possible location. Some have suggested it that, that it could be uh, within the town somewhere, since that's where it's closer to more people. Um, And the Air Quality Health Index is of course a valuable tool for people because that helps people assess the health uh, risk of of the air. And that's not currently available uh, in the area. Uh, Other possible locations for the portable station uh, could be near some Indigenous communities um, or also uh, near some higher production areas uh, further, further east. So, there's different
2: options that people have been putting on the table for that uh, portable station. Yeah. Um, just one, uh, so, with the air quality index, is that what we've been looking up online through the fire season?
9: That's a good question, actually. And uh, uh, so, this, this, this map on the, on the next slide uh, is a map of the air quality health index across the province. Okay. And yeah, during this past summer, where we've had some really no horrible air quality. Forest fires; and those, heard those health alerts. Uh, those health alerts are based on those high-risk air quality health index. And on this map, you can see the closest sort of little markers on, on the map indicate the location of air quality health index is currently measured. There's no measurement in this region, and it and it can vary from from region to region. Um, and um, by adding this uh, this tool that will be able
7: to report on your index for this area and we're something we're actually really proud of is we think it's a big win to, to, to have been able to purchase the equipment to, to, to provide that measurement for the community so that's something that we're, we're pretty excited about when we realize we could do that. So that's really it, it's a, it's a snapshot of our data. Trust me when I say that Mike has all kinds of information and ways to show data and we've got a lot of historical data um, that we work with. Uh, it is all available on our website and that's one of the features of being an airshed is that all of our information is available to the public 24 uh, seven in pretty much real time. Uh, and it will be the same for the Air Quality Health Index when that's available, it'll be available um, in, in real time as well. So we're happy to um, you know, answer any other questions and um, we do have our AGM coming up uh, in town here on the 27th of September. Uh, we're, we're putting notices out about that. Anybody's welcome to come to that. We'd be happy to, to see anybody there. And we'll have a speaker from Alberta Environment and Parks talking about provincial air quality and what the provincial plan is for uh, a five-year monitoring plan in the, program, in, in the province. So we'll stop there.
0: Thank you for uh, having us here today. So, yeah, I have a question. So, on the Reno station, it had high methane hydrocarbons, but it had low non methane hydrocarbons. So, uh, your, your explanation for the methane hydrocarbons for the Reno <coughs> station was well, we're close to the gas facility, but yet it seems to be the inverse when it comes to the non methane hydrocarbons. Do you have an explanation for that? So the the ends are getting worse. So 986 is barely any. Yeah. And then uh, the non-methane hydrocarbons seem to predominate on the 986.
9: uh You're talking about the historical values, the high historical values, uh, because like I, like I would say, if we look at the non-methane hydrocarbons. Well, I'm
0: looking at January 2016, so the Reno one has mm-hmm. 0.3 ppm, mm-hmm. and the 986 in January 2016
9: has 1.4. Right. And that's part of the reason we say we need to do more analysis of our our canister monitoring data because we haven't got the we don't fully understand the uh, the full speciation and the signatures of the different sources maybe there's just more cows around <laughs> <laughs>
0: okay. and uh, i was looking at the picture of the directors i didn't see either of you in the picture so are you local sir
7: we're not with. We're not on the board of directors. Um, we're not on the board of directors, and we we don't live locally. Actually, both Mike and I work across the province, um, and we don't live in the Peace River area. Yeah. Uh, we do have our picture. I do have a copy of our community newsletter that I'll leave with you. Um, there. Yeah. And it's actually not a full picture of our. There are other board members who are not in that photo either. We're missing some there. So, Greg,
0: you're a
9: part of Max. Is that right no uh, no i i work for for cramp as a, as a oh, okay. part of part of what i do and what my counterpart does lily uh she's the other technical program manager is that we oversee the work that maxim does Maxon is the service provider for uh to offer the fuel the, the monitoring program
0: and so which uh do you so, do you also oversee any other airships?
9: I also work for um, the Lakeland Industry and Community Association. Uh, the Lakeland Industry and Community Association has a very similar industry mix. There's uh, some thermal institute heavy, legitimate um, production, kind of like the Shell Peace River complex, uh, and then there's a whole bunch of uh, heavy oil chops. To any questions? Um,
1: This question could be maybe for both of you guys what is there any
10: overlap between what the current air monitoring and environmental monitoring station by the cemetery and what they've got going on here given that you were
0: discussing putting one in town and you had such a good time putting one in town last time. Yeah there's one in town at the cemetery and there's uh, total reduced sulfur, sulfur dioxide, and PM 2.5. So, obviously, you guys weren't aware of that. Anyhow? Well, we are aware,
9: we'll yeah. aware. of okay. that. We are aware of that,
8: yeah. One thing that I find helpful on this is on, on the first slide, you were talking about uh, the parts per million that were kind of a and you didn't use the word target but there's a level that's considered mm-hmm. okay and then a level where you, you'll kind of watch your step right um they have yet some of the others yeah. um i think if there was something there to because people see a spike in yeah. something and automatically assume that there's a problem mm-hmm. though there's information there may or may not be a problem i mean even when chernobyl was being monitored i was reading about a scientist who saw a great spike and got all terrified until they realized that the highest spikes that they had experienced were lower than the background radiation in a lot of places around, so they're really, they were certainly something that should be looked at and considered, but they were not necessarily detrimental. Mm-hmm. And it would be handy when you give, like, uh, if you say, well, there's this is many parts per million, but the, I mean, the whole line about the dose makes the poison, right. it's way, way down below an acceptable level. I mean, I understand the target is zero and I'm not being facetious when I say this you really don't want anything added that doesn't need to be there so you'd like to get down as low as you can with just about everything you're adding but there is a threshold which it, it should be a concern to the public but the threshold for really not a concern to the public it's more of an academic set. and it would be nice to have the correlation between some the two numbers a bit easier to understand right one of the was well,
9: actually one of the challenges even from the outset of um, of um, right. perhaps we're looking at parameters in many cases that don't have guidelines or right. don't have um, like a methane has yeah. an accepted background but it doesn't have a, a, a guideline right. uh, same thing as the non-methane hydrocarbons. and we know that a lot of the orders compounds are contained in that stream but there's no guideline for that value we use right. it as it you know as, as, as an indicator but not necessarily a, we can't say that this is that this is good and this is bad right. And there's also
8: the um changing scales um mm-hmm. uh, i understand part per million parts per really because if you have the lower ones on part per million you have a flat line right so there's nothing visible but then again there's what a lot of people look at a graph they don't really they read they take the visual in mm-hmm. but they don't take the data in mm-hmm. so um Sometimes it would be it might be good to have a comparative slide, or sometimes you are worried about parts per million. Other times it's mm-hmm. not concerning you. dealing with parts per million, um, and some of them uh, peak at fourteen. Some of your graphs peak at fourteen. Some of them peak at twenty. So mm-hmm. if I if I'm just quickly whipping through the data and I go, wow, this much of this, this much of this, but I'm actually talking this much of this and this much of this, I'm just saying that. Um, I mean, I do a lot of number crunching for a whole bunch yeah. of different reasons, and sometimes it's really hard to get consistency, because Excel will just say, "What your peak and throw a number. Uh,
9: well, we have a lot of discussions about graph scales, and we're in, 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 at, for example, we present our, our data, because you can, right. you can really uh, skew the data scale you choose. Well right? you, you can skew scu-
8: yeah. the yeah. reception of the yeah, the, yeah. of, of, you
9: know, the, the, the visual time. impact of, of what yeah. you're presenting, right? So, so when we, we, we present these, these charts we use the when we're presenting them on the same slide we're always using the same scale. That's so correct. We expand it so that you can see the level of detail in the history, right? Right. Um, and we try to be consistent, consistent that way the on the slides. So. I think
8: that along with something that says on the areas you know i mean if yeah. cameras, you don't know you to put down uh safe threshold not understood or not measured but if there is a that's considered yeah. safe threshold to say we're at parts per million and our threshold we're at two parts per, per million and the safe threshold is 172 i'm going to so sleep pretty comfortably and if it if it's if the threshold is three and then two i may not i don't see just uh, on the topic of the um
7: multiple air monitoring units in the area um, tell us if you disagree with this, but it, i think the air monitoring that we're doing has <laughs> been set up for a different purpose than the monitoring that is already ongoing on and um PRAMP started with a focus on heavy oil and the tops facilities and uh, it's with this new portable air monitoring station that measures the air quality health index as well as the other parameters related to industrial operations that it kind of it, it's a shift for us in terms of being able to provide a different kind of information so that's why it's become a question again of uh, the location for that air quality health index uh, station and, and where to get that they get the best uh, value from that so I, I think the purpose for our monitoring has been uh, different yeah okay all right great thanks thank you. thank you thank you okay by the copies of our community annual report your
0: please. Is um is actually the peace? Sh- oh, yeah, i what do we deal with? Oh, I see. So yeah. the uh, Peace River Regional Women's Shelter is made of groups. Okay, that, that's So right. we'll get the overview first from Mr. Schramm and then we'll we'll have the uh, uh, the groups uh, hammer home their point after mr schramm
11: good evening Um, as we've been doing in the past uh, the organizations have been uh, requested to come and present to council um, in order to present their cases but also provide council and opportunity to ask questions uh, regarding their application so tonight we have three groups um, here to present the first one Peace River and District, I'm not sure what order they're on uh, the agenda. So, I guess the first group will be the Peace River Regional Women's Shelter. Um, they have a hand up and I'll bring around in just a moment. Um, the second group will be the TED Talks Groundhog group. And the third group will be the Chamber of Commerce uh, tonight. So, they are the ones that are here. I thank them for coming and I'll pass out the information for the Ladies' Shelter right now. Okay. So,
0: hey, please come forward hi hello um is
6: this sally's yeah. first of all i'd like to uh introduce the, the two of us um this is caroline uh, I'm um, Sorge, who is our executive director at the Women's Shelter right now, and uh, some of you know me. Um, I'm Carol Vanslake, and I am the chairperson for the Women's Shelter. So, <clears throat> that's, so basically what I was going to do is I was going to explain to you what we're trying to accomplish, and, uh, and, and certainly for questions, um, Caroline and I will figure out which one of us is the best person to answer and what the question is okay so the first thing is um what is what the background is that for a lot of years we have been trying to get second stage um housing for our ladies and uh, for anyone who's unfamiliar with that that means uh, presently we're allowed to keep um, women in our shelter um, for a relatively short stay Um, then at the end of that stay they may have to go into the community and if they haven't got sufficient supports and they're not sufficiently don't have sufficient resources um, it doesn't occur and so they just return back to the situation that they were in. Um, Second stage is all about um, giving the women that transitional spot where they're allowed to um, continue with us in a um, expanded area of the room where they can stay with their families uh, up to two years, right? up to two years, and during that time, um, hoping to have all the resources in place, housing in place, all of the the, uh, counseling and things done so that the women are um, confident in uh, joining the community. So that's the purpose of second stage. Now, fortunately for us, (laughs) um, this year, the uh, provincial government uh, is interested in funding second stage. They have never been interested before. And uh, they are interested in us um, helping doing the second stage. So they have, um, we've gone through the granting process and we have um, received um, a grant for $866,000 to build. So the idea is that it would uh, be attached to the present women's shelter, like a wing. And uh, in that wing, if you would like to see pictures, it's all of us like pictures, um at the back there is a um, on the left hand side there is actually three stories so each of these pictures represent three stories of the new space so if you were to open that up and look at let's see, you know like the l part like the top l part where it's slightly darker in the way in which it's drawn in that's the part of the building that would be built the, the slightly lighter color is what is actually present in our building okay so this uh, first picture is uh showing let me make sure i got it right this is showing the basement now the reason why we are talking about the basement is that's really where we need some extra money um at the time when the shelter <laughs> was first built it did not anticipate the the five different programs that we are now working out of our shelter before it was a very single focus we have no office space like we literally have in some cases like two people working out of a room that's about the size of a room closet or maybe slightly bigger Um, it's become very cramped so what we'd like to do is to take the basement area of the new building and make it into office space and meeting rooms and that sort of thing the present area um, is our storage area, a donation area, and there's also our childcare area. So those things would remain the same. Then the next picture takes us up into the second floor, the main floor of the building, and it's a very unique design. I'm actually I have to credit Caroline for a very brilliant idea. Um, she had toured speaking for you but yeah. <laughs> she, she has toured some other uh, second stage uh, uh, locations in the province and what she found was like places would have like one one apartment you know two bedrooms or three bedrooms and that one apartment would suit would would serve one family and we want to have a bigger bang for our buck so what we've done is we have these anchor locations and so you can see it where they kind of got that circle with the little chairs around it those are like kitchenette areas with a bedroom then between them you'll see all these swinging doors well those are the bedrooms so we can open and close doors and add and delete bedrooms so that way our attention is is that we're going to have like not two but in fact six different units where we can assist families and it's entirely because we are opening and closing doors so it's allowing us to have space for a family with six kids or a space with a family of one or two children and we'll have to be pretty strategic as to how we place our families so we can get the best value Um, but the so that is part of the uh, the actual plan we're increasing the uh, kitchen area we are make it so we don't have to go down to the basement to get uh, the canned goods. That's kind of cool. Because um, right now there is no pantry area in our kitchen area. Um, we are um, making sure we've got some extra bathrooms, that sort of stuff. And then the final one is the top floor. And the top floor, again, the lighter gray, it's our regular clients that we are serving now. And the darker area would be seven stage. So we're still being able to have our second stage um, ladies with uh, a bit more independence because they can cook in the rooms if they choose they can also join the group for on um, as meal times or some meal times if they wish um, we're also uh, going to be able to provide services to the ladies because they'll be close to where our counseling is at and our outreach programs and all of those things so that's what we're trying to build and they want us to move quickly. Um, just to so by the by, they they're looking at uh, doing the official government announcement um, early in October, and uh, we certainly would love to have you come to the announcement which will be at the uh, um, shelter, but we have not been given a date, just sometime in the first couple weeks of October is as far as we know. Um, so in the uh, pamphlet that we have provided, um, we've given you some extra information, we talked about what the provincial government is giving us, and really it all comes down to the spot that says the ask. And so in order to build exactly what we would like to have, we would be updating the original <coughs> space, putting in the new space, adding all the office areas, like making it a real want to use the word Skookum <laughs> um, location um, it would cost 1.216 um, million dollars and so we have the 866 it's guaranteed and we are looking for 350 thousand dollars now we are going out to um, our community you have happened to be our first stop because of where we hit your calendar tomorrow we're actually going out to see more than lights uh, we are on the uh, agenda, I believe it's for the 25th to see a sunrise. So we are looking to our community to help us fund this project. So I don't know if grants to groups was really our best place to
0: ask for money because it's not a big, giant yeah. chunk. Well, the budget for grants to groups is $50,000. But you know, for everybody, right? You know, we spent 25000 on the law, so. Yeah, so, this so there's twenty
4: five. <laughs>
1: the, re- the rest of you guys may as well not present yeah 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 you're
6: done though no, um but perhaps um it might fit into a different part of your budget that might be something that you might consider um other things that might be available to consider is uh um, even if it was a multi-year promise where they say okay we can't give you a lot this in one uh, in one given year something we could take to the bank and say, please give us a loan. We have this funny promise to us from these different, you know, people such as the town or the counties. So what's the timeline? They want us to uh, have things in place by when, Caroline? Well, um, they,
4: they would, in a perfect world, we should have shovels in the ground by October. So I, what it's now? a month yeah. for now. So we're we're just in the state where we have just um, we're just working on the development permit, and um, it looks like maybe around the seventeenth that will be through. That's not the building permit, but, uh, but that's the development permit. So um, we're looking pretty good that way. Uh, the the architect um, they have some contractors in the area that are um, uh, approved contractors. So, and they they consider this to be a small project so they don't um, anticipate that there should be too much problem
6: getting a good start on it. Just so you, in case you're saying, why are they asking now, a month ahead? The government kind of tied our hands. We weren't allowed to tell anybody that they'd given us money, but we were supposed to go ahead and start planning things. And so we finally got permission to, be able to publicly come to a, a, a open meeting and say yes there is money yes we want to do this but we didn't to not given permission to do so until very recently Yeah, the, the problem is, is that we
0: have uh, the government requires us to have a three-year operating budget and a five-year operating budget and we revisit it we actually only revisited in november for the following year to fine your We weren't expecting this so neither were we so (laughs) so this this becomes a a scheduling issue so the actual grant when does it actually disappear well it'll be disappearing as it's getting built um so what they're looking for i understand paying it but if you weren't able to put shovels in the ground let's say the ground froze
4: and you could put shovels in the ground. So how I think, long does the grant? I think last I think they'll be reasonable so long as as so long as we start before the new year. They would conceivably like us to have everything completed before March thirty first, which mm-hmm. they already realize that's not gonna happen. So um, so we're you know the best the best guarantee that the architect can give is, is July. Of two thousand nineteen, so the money itself probably wouldn't disappear if we had a good argument for why well, we have to do it.
0: I suppose you won't, wouldn't substitute an air quality monitoring.
4: No, probably not. <laughs> <laughs> Although they would it's like. Probably us worth
0: it, so, it just as much.
4: They would like us to be twenty five percent below code for for uh, uh, efficiency energy. So there's that. So, mm-hmm. Mr. Merrick, mm-hmm.
12: um So these plans, the, the architect has got it all in, in
4: place, basically. Yes. Yeah. The mechanical, the mechanical plans are just finishing. Um, so, yeah, they would be. We would be. We're basically waiting for the permits. Well, um, I would say,
12: yes. Put a shovel in the ground and get some money out of the government before there's an election. Um, the clinic is a prime example of changing government and suddenly the money was
6: no longer available So I think that you're right Elaine is a lot of urgency because of because politically we don't know what's going to happen the money's there right now and We need to act on it. Yeah. They also have given us a fairly short timeline. They gave us a short timeline to tell us We have the money short timeline to actually start to work on it. So I mean it's it's kind of age old hurry up and and wait for yeah. permissions along the way so I would like to suggest
12: that the town will have a good discussion about possible uh,
6: sources of uh, assistance to us. I'm hoping that would be wonderful that's all we can really ask for at this point yes oh. just a question for for
10: administration and it's more along that time thing because I I understand you you said you're presenting to to our regional partners Mm -hmm. and our neighbors Um, would it be fair to ask administration if if, are we able to collaborate with our regional neighbors to to see what they're going to do and and to kind of to speed things up so we have that communication between the surrounding municipalities to find out what everybody's going to do to support this
1: uh counselor what what i could do is i could just reach out to our partners and just ask them
10: how they uh view uh this presentation i could do that yeah because my concern would be and just like the mayor said if we if we promised x amount of dollars and then the neighbors across the way decided they weren't going to support and then this other municipality well, said well we're going to support it but we're going to only do this much so if we can have those conversations um within within our administration to to see if we can come up with that with that extra value somehow some way i, uh, I can contact uh the other municipalities and see where they're they're looking at if they're looking at all
8: One question I know is probably the question that people want to answer to but don't want to be the one to ask it. Um, Let's assume the three hundred and fifty thousand dollars is not forthcoming mm-hmm. for
6: one reason or another. Then what? Well, first of all, we're not. There'll be we've, 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 we've a couple of things. Um, one one option, of course, would be to scale back our our expectations. Of right. course, um, it is Plan Z. Like i really don't want to go there because i think this is a giant opportunity to get everything done um i we're having a, uh, a, a our own shelter meeting tomorrow so like i'm be speaking somewhat out of turn because we haven't had, had our <coughs> meeting to discuss some of these things but we, we would be looking at um finding funding from other options um, we also would be looking i think we would look at uh, looking if we had, can, can get a mortgage or a loan as long as we can get it uh, um, endorsed. Uh, we'd have to find out what the rules around that are because I really don't know. Um, so that would be another if, another aspect. But we would have to, of course, we have to uh, make sure that we are working within the rules of CFS because they're the ones who are funding the, the program, period. So I, I mean, we can't go outside of that either the reason I'm asking is that you uh, shovels in the ground fairly quickly
8: uh, and the government wants shovels in the ground really quickly but they're not really giving anybody outside of, of the organization uh, much breathing room in times of how to how to get it where to get it how to fund it or whatever and um, uh, how would I put it that's um, nasty um, you know it puts you guys over a real barrel and uh, puts a lot of pressure on a lot of other people to to see what's possible and I'm not prejudging anything at all I hope you understand that but I think the question really has to be understood because um, if you put shelves on the ground you're committed to x kind of build but like before you've got this plan you can't halfway through say okay we're going to cut six rooms I mean once you put the shelves on the ground built, you're kind of committed to a fair you know, to
6: building. that is true except for I mean again like I really don't want to scale back but if we needed to scale back, the place would have to be in the basement and just not develop it right. until we had the money to do it. Um, it's, it's not a very financially efficient way to go about doing things. But, but if we had to, that would be place number one to look at. I'm hoping you don't. I'm just, and, 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 I would, and I would say that the other thing is, is that the way in which we have finishes inside the building, if we had to, would have to pull back. But we need to have the outside structure the rooms built the you know the walls in the right places the water in the right places we need to have all of the um infrastructure in place and if we were stymied then the place that we would have to cut out is going to be the finishing and have to do it later um it's It's it could be it's not it's not ideal but at the same time it may it may be realistic i just hope we don't have to go there i hope so just want to understand yeah. if you if you sort of looked at uh i call it the bad option oh yeah well that would be the bad option but it would be the one that we could um fund with the 866 i think and uh but it, it, yeah we would like cover that i'm agreeing with you all the way yes there. you are i, I hear that. <laughs> right wing i think uh the
11: presenter's 20 minutes is up uh but I'm let me slide in a quick question the land do is this is this all on your land your land
6: your land i believe that we have a, a very long lease with you
11: i believe you're correct i just wondered if there was a land purchase included in the price but uh no, obviously not. you're looking for dirt okay. okay
4: there's there's two parcels in the in the proposal and the uh, parcel two close to the roadway, where right there is parking lot and and the uh, the development will only go
6: to the first parcel okay have we answered everything we, and we've gone over so sorry about taking extra time yeah you've answered
0: everything you've asked now for me to find a pot of gold this
6: we do need to find a pot of gold, and, and certainly, um, like I say, tomorrow we're we're meeting with Northern Lights, and I believe it's the 25th that we're meeting with uh, Northern Sunrise. And So certainly, please, if you guys could talk together, that would be awesome. But those are the dates when we're moving to get the opportunity to present. Just to
10: just to further my comments on uh, on the communication piece, I'd like to uh, ask your group the uh, to do the
6: to do the same. So if you come up with some funding please let uh, uh oh yeah we'll be, we'll be very very transparent about what we've got and what we haven't got this happened to be our first stop because of the way that the dates fell
10: i think with the timeline communication
6: is going to be key yeah Thank and you. and actually for that in just to further that when we do have more information who do we talk to do we speak to mr tarp oh, or parker. mr parker Okay, just making sure we know. Actually, who we should probably telling? talk to the finance guy Mr. Town. Mr.
0: Mr. Parker
8: actually uh, <laughs> get the information. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, thank you very
0: much. Thank you. Okay. Thanks. Thanks. Good luck. yeah We'll probably need it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so the next. Uh, I will now call on TED Talks. Grand Barry regarding funding requests. Hi
13: there. Hello. Uh, my name is Victoria Champion. I just had
0: a You're not from Grand Barry though, Victoria, are you? are from here, are you?
13: Yeah, I'm from East Server. So um, yeah
6: it's actually it's a collaboration it'll be
0: all in the presentation i <laughs> want to steal your thunder <laughs> yeah. um the, i see the so i'm talking to the press do you want to are, are you interested in the women's shelter story? should we take a recess right now so you can grab all of them
2: on our way out, Sarah-Landa Reid and said,
13: just to be clear, we're not allowed to announce to the meeting. Oh, just to be clear, you didn't hear it. Okay, so uh, I'm Victoria Champion. Uh, thank you so much for welcoming me here today. Uh, basically, I'm here to request um, some funding for our TEDx event here in Peace River. So due to licensing, um, the name of the TEDx license is TEDx Grand Prairie, and it fell under the peace country and the event will be in Peace River. Just for clarification. So uh, in the spirit of TED's mission, which is ideas worth spreading, um, the TEDx program, which is different to TED, um helps communities organizations and individuals produce ted style events at the local level so tedx events are planned and coordinated independently on a community by by community basis under the free license so about a year ago i attended the grand prairie tedx event um, and i basically they're very impactful i don't know if any of you have seen ted talks before or tedx uh, talks at all but they're very impactful they bring about joy and so i really wanted to bring that um, positivity and that that, that impact into the so i started uh connecting with one of the speakers who i actually knew hoping to be able to find out how to do this how to bring tedx to peace River. so i contacted him um, and basically he set up a meeting with the tedx license holder and um, at that point, what happened was instead of I planned on going in expecting to get all the information that I needed uh, to get my own P server license, and so then um, Tosh, who was the um, other one, the license holder, um, basically said, "Well, why don't we just do the next event in P server?" And so that just jumped my timeline by a year, and I said, "Okay, let's do it. Let's let's do TEDx in P server." so um this is my team um on the left if you guys can all see it Uh, on the left the picture um is on the right um he's an active community builder in grand prairie Um, he has an extensive business background um is constantly educating himself he runs many of the zulu challenges in alberta and bc and uh, he owns a store in grand prairie Uh,
0: branson part of your team as well
13: uh and that was just hit no. He Tosh just met him and he's like use use my use the picture me and I'm like, okay, yeah, whatever, I'll use the picture. That's fine. Just like elevated a bit, that's cool. Um, and so and then Dave Doyle, he I've known him since 2011. He is um, local to the Peace Country his whole life. Uh, and he owns and operates two Peter Pit locations in Grand Prairie. He is an author, um, contributed to two books, a uh, speaker. He was one of the TEDx speakers. Actually, that's how I connected. Um, a Napoleon Hill certified trainer, um, and just he goes into life with a positive mental attitude. He considers himself the PMA or positive mental attitude professor, um, and so he's constantly just spreading, spreading those messages. Um, and myself, uh, I work for WJS here in server. and so my goal is to just. Bring positive energy and basically change the world. That's my goal. So, <laughs> um, just a little bit about the team that brought us together. Um, we all mesh really well together. And we're all very focused on um, the, uh, spreading ideas and spreading knowledge and, and those types of things. So, um, we hope to actually have three speakers directly from Peace River, three from Grand Prairie, three from Alberta, and then three international speakers. Um, that is our goal, um, and so far we're pretty pretty on par. Um, we can't disclose their speakers yet because we're still going through like 50 applications of people who want, want to speak for this, um, which is actually pretty amazing in itself. Um, I wasn't sure if everybody had seen TED Talks before, so I'm going to share a video with you. Generally, TED Talks or TEDx Talks are 12 to 18 minutes. This one's only three, so Um, I chose like a short one. Um, It's impactful, might be a little emotional, just fair warning for those who are like me and cry or anything. So, um, do I have to set the mic?
14: Together. You will feel loved and appreciated like never before and reconnect to friends and acquaintances you haven't heard from in years. Adoration and admiration will overwhelm you. It will recalibrate what's most important in your life. It will redefine your sense of spirituality and faith. You'll have a new understanding and trust in your body. You'll have unsurpassed vitality and energy. You'll expand your vocabulary, meet new people, and you'll have a healthier lifestyle. And get this you'll have an eight week vacation of doing absolutely nothing. You'll eat countless gourmet meals. Flowers will arrive by the truckload. People will say to you, You look great. Have you had any work done? And you'll have a lifetime supply of good drugs. You'll be challenged, inspired, motivated, and humbled. Your life will have new meaning. Peace, health, serenity, happiness, nirvana. The price, $55,000, and that's an incredible deal. By now, I know you're dying to know what it is and where you can get one. Does Amazon carry it? Does it have the Apple logo on it? Is there a waiting list? Not likely. This gift came to me about five months ago. It looked more like this when it was all wrapped up. Not quite so pretty. And this. And then this. It was a rare gem. A brain tumor. Pementioblastoma the gift that keeps on giving. And while I'm okay now, I wouldn't wish this gift for you. I'm not sure you'd want, but it wouldn't change my experience. It profoundly altered my life in ways I didn't expect, in all the ways I just shared with you. So the next time you're faced with something that's unexpected, unwanted, and uncertain, consider that it just may be
13: so that's pretty impactful. <laughs> um, so, our goal is to just have some amazing speakers. We hope to have, obviously, um, 12 um, at least speakers here in Peace River. The event is October 20th, um, at, and it's going to be hosted at the Bell Centre uh was everybody provided with a budget sheet I have copies if you need them um so basically the average event does cost about $150,000 to put on um, but it is fluid and flexible we can cut costs in places we can it's up and down um, based on what we are able to provide our goal is to eventually be able to sustain the event off of ticket sales themselves um, and actually expand the event to um, include a 500 person license versus the 250 that we have now. The way licensing works is that you need to apply to get more people and because we are a huge region, that is our ultimate goal. Um, we hope to host the event in Peace every second year with the alternating years in Grand Curry because the rest of the team is in Grand Prairie and um we also hope to officially create a society if we're able to um get a board together that was part of the issue that we've had is that people weren't able to commit and so we only have three people at this time and to inspire our community uh to to be better just in general we have a lot of different talks that we can bring in over the next 10, 15, 20 years, and it's, it'll be really, really impactful. Um, some of our other contributions that we have approached are ATCO, uh, DMI, um, and we hope to, and TARPON, and then we hope to approach CNRL and APON and just others as needed, just until we're able to create that long term stability um, for, for the future that. Um, We chose to come and ask the town of Peace River first because the event is hosted in in the town, despite it being um, a peace country event. Um, And so why why does this matter? Um, TEDx provides local people with the opportunity to actually get on the official TED stage, whether this is in Vancouver or Anaheim or wherever that may be. so just imagine if the town of Peace River was able to provide that opportunity for a local citizen to be a TED presenter. Um, the benefits of having, other benefits of having TEDx in Peace River would be on that international social media representation because all of the TED Talks will be videoed and put online and everything is accessible for the world to see along with everybody else doing every social media thing. Um, Providing those opportunities for local speakers, which is really important, and just helping from a business or nonprofit or at a community level um, helping to elevate elevate our citizens and um, surrounding communities. Um, and so it would also provide businesses and nonprofits um, with education around technology, entertainment, and design, which is the original TED. Uh, mandate uh, along with everything else that it comes with. They have a TED library system, they have TED Women, they have um, TED Med, TED Ed, um, they have all of these different available topics and opportunities for people and how that would actively positively impact um, the lives of of the Peace River community. Um, At the end of every TEDx event, there's a survey that's distributed. uh, So if you required, Kind of data from and feedback and those types of things we already create one at the end of every event, um, which we can provide to you. Um, so something that um, I don't get brought up every time is that if we don't get funded, we're still going to proceed with with the event. Um, basically, at this time, myself, Tosh, and Dave, uh, we each own thirty three percent as a shareholder. So we would just pay that out of our own pockets until we're able to sustain that. I, I personally don't want that because <laughs> that's a really hard thing for me to do. Um, but we're going to make it work and um, eventually create a society and, and invest in our community, because that's what we want to do is investing in our community. Um, Any questions? I'll
2: start. Okay. Hi, Victoria. Hi. So uh, when when I saw this, I was like, uh, wait a minute what's going on here and of course I'm familiar with, TEDx, with TED Talks and I gone on and looked up TEDx so that I knew what that was all about um, but I'm not gonna lie your budget is steep like there's things in the budget that I was like what for a first-time event
13: um, staffing yeah. expenses of 45,000 yes yeah, so our um, this is the third year that TEDx Grand Prairie has put on the event <coughs> So, TOSH is considered hired. Okay, so yeah. So, um, flights, 20,000, food for the event, 6,000. Yeah, so it's definitely um, based on 250 people, um, just food for example, um, just estimated at $25 or $30 a plate kind of thing. Um, and again, those are expenses that we can cut because we may or may not choose to It might just be advertisers, right? Um, But we still have to expect that we may well have those expenses kind of thing.
2: You know what? I I see that in your income, you have $65,000 that's
13: uh, carried over from 2017. Yes. So really? Yeah. Um, I haven't seen... Tosh wasn't able to send me the financials, but apparently that's what was left over, carried over. I'm thinking Tosh didn't pay himself, actually, I think is what happened. So that carries like $45,000 there. So, um, and he filters it all through his uh, business, um, which is um, uh, his Zulu challenges, which is a non-profit,
2: I I believe. So somehow, it's a steep budget. That's I mean that was my first impression was yeah. that that uh, and especially that the date is October. Yeah. It's a tight line. It's a steep budget. Um, I mean I steep
8: as the women's shelter
2: <laughs> Yeah, but the women's shelter, well, they could both have long term impactful oh, impactfulness on it <laughs> yeah. for sure. Um, but you know it, uh, I've been on this on the websites for you know looking at presenters to bring into a community. Um, three presenters, that's a that's a steep tab.
13: Yeah, that's and so tap. that is something. Um, so specific speaker costs for TEDx. Um, to be a TEDx presenter, you actually apply to be a presenter, um, and then eventually, like the goal is to get onto the TED stage. So we don't pay the speakers, but we pay for their expenses. So we pay for all their flights, all their meals, all of their hotels um, and getting them to and from the event and swag bags and just all of those types of things. Um, so, but you're right. Like if we were to bring in any, the average speaker is $10,000 just to like book them. Um, whereas for Ted or TEDx, that's that's not the case. So. We just have to cover the expenses, which is where we can start to trim. And you know, we don't have to hire a bus to get them here from Grand Prairie. We don't have to fly them, and like we can drive them from Edmonton, or we can just kind of work and make our budget fluid that way, kind of thing. So.
0: Well, I, I'm thinking that Councillor Downing had a figurative heart attack when she saw the hundred fifty thousand. So perhaps Air Ambulance will provide free flights. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> Um
13: and just to clarify, like we're not asking for (laughs) a hundred and fifty
0: thousand (laughs) dollars. Yeah, so so you're looking for grants and donors to add up to fifty
13: thousand. Uh yeah, that would definitely (coughs) help us to cover cover our costs and um So you have put on a beneficial. So you're gonna
0: put put up three speakers.
13: 12.
0: yeah 12. yeah so and all in one night or
4: all in one night
13: yes yeah because again so tedx speakers are generally 10 to 18 minutes actually the average for ted talks are 18 minutes we're hoping to do 12 with question and answers so and you have
0: ted men, ted women You have TED
13: politicians and then I can put these guys up (laughs) to volunteers. Anyone can apply to be a TEDx presenter. Anybody can. But if it's because I just asked you for money, I won't bet the applications.
0: So so you're looking to do this every year. So this is going to be a... So you you really probably coming to us every year. So what's the ROI on
13: well so that's the benefit
0: to the town besides being entertained and and maybe being positively motivated but is there some sort of return on
13: investment then uh so providing the education to the different groups and businesses in town alone will be beneficial just economically over time Um, our goal is to not come back for funding Every year, because we hope to just get our feet on the ground, and then tickets will cover expenses. Um, and again, so right now our license is for 250 people. Once we can upgrade our license and put on good events, because TEDx will or TED will require that, then we're able to sell 500 tickets versus 250, um, which will just cover it'll cover everything, and we'll have that fluidity um, and. Um, partners and stuff like that it's just we're such a brand new team and tosh did it the first two years on his own so um we're hoping to just kind of create those collaborations over over time and uh, just having having the business come in um from from surrounding communities um, on the event night um partnering with the restaurants so that we can um create you know because there'll be a break in between for supper and stuff like that and depending on if we provide food or not um again we have some budget. so um. why are your tickets only 95? we wanted to make it accessible for people but also help us to bring in some money because tedx actually or ted says that we can't make money we need to cover our expenses if that makes sense so like we can't profit off of our ticket sales but we can cover our expenses and we want to make it accessible to as many people
0: as we can, because um, I think that's important for community development. So. Yeah, 100 doesn't seem
13: 100. Gotta remember,
12: 95 is just less than 100, so it sounds like I get That's our early bird price, actually. We hope oh. to upgrade it to
13: 111. So.
12: Oh, oh, there you go, Miss <laughs> Mayor. Um, the Grand Prairie was held twice or three times. You said. Place, and they made their 250 audience.
13: Uh, uh, so the second event did, the first one I don't believe did. Um, again, it's really hard with a one man team. So, um, but they were really successful. The talks um, were amazing. They had Jamie Rogers from Medicine Hat talking about homelessness. Um, they had, oh, they had a whole bunch. I, I went to the 2017 event and I can begin to describe how, I mean, I'm here. Yeah.
12: <laughs> what does that tell you <laughs> so so the event is a go, no matter what is yes it will be
8: okay yeah how does that look close up the notes what are you planning on this? October 20th okay um there's I, 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 something good in this um I don't know if my price taking over time here what the tie what some of the tie-ins could be but, um, especially for long term on what it would mean to a community and what benefits you can get from it um, i'm sort of thinking out loud uh i'll leave it at that but uh, i think there's something there's something here that are you, are reminds you the of the surrounding your years back thought.
0: are you going to the surrounding in this spells
13: uh we can and will we'll see kind of um, where we're at in terms of funding um, because we have put on quite a few applications.
0: and you know. I I see that you're asking us for twenty thousand. Yes. Yeah, that's probably pushing it. But uh, if you got five thousand from uh, from each of us.
13: I yeah, it definitely yeah, and I would be happy to apply to both municipalities if if there was a collaboration there, absolutely for sure.
0: So I guess the other councils are meeting tomorrow. And Wednesday the twenty fifth. So you might want to get a walk on. I don't know. Who's meeting tomorrow? County Northern Whites? Uh, but it sounds like the women's shelter is making a presentation to
13: and we have enough fluidity that we can apply for the next quarter if we needed to yeah. um, and just kind of cover the cost after the fact kind of thing but that isn't always that practice so so i
0: you're saying. 12 so 12 people 12 speakers every every second year here in future
8: yes could you hold more often than really worked
13: out oh yeah absolutely um we could we could host different events um i mean ideally our goal is to host for a year but that's our five-year ten-year plan not our one year
15: let's get this event done plan so um yeah we absolutely could we could host two in peace
1: river every year if we wanted to You ask a question or two sure it's just a a, a wondering um so with your two events that you had in grand prairie the first one would not quite take 250 people
13: yeah And, and how many on the second event uh there was 224 tickets sold. Um, and then they had uh, volunteers and stuff attend the event as well. Okay. So so I'm not sure how many
1: volunteers so there were. Probably, so 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 yeah. so what do you think that you're gonna get 225 people here? 250?
13: Yeah,
1: i mean, I'm just I'm just kinda curious and I um,
13: no we will. Yeah,
1: uh,
6: <laughs> right,
4: and, uh,
13: um, I think that um, between my connections, Dave's connections, and Tosh's connections, um, I know that we can each rally in just from the people we know, people to attend the event. right? So I attended the first one because of Dave, because of Dave Doyle, right? So... Um, but but my,
1: my point is, is Cran Prairie has about 65,000 people and you could get 250
13: people there. And again, Tosh was a one man show and he didn't even advertise.
0: Yeah, but
13: there's eight of us, and we're gonna all go. Oh, I appreciate that. Thank you. <laughs> For 111 or 95. You haven't decided
0: that you better
12: book
13: them online. <laughs>
10: yeah. With uh just coming off of what uh CEO had mentioned as far as selling tickets go, when you're talking about connections, so if you can sell so many tickets here in town, how many t- how many people do you think you would bring from out of town to this event? So if you say you have those connections in Grand Curry. How many people
13: from Grand Prairie do you think will look at this event? that uh I can't say specific numbers because it's just going to be based off of who buys tickets first basically um but and it's not just the Grand Prairie area but it's the Smoky River region so both Dave and I are from there his whole family's from there so they're already planning on coming um you know my whole network is from there um so we have all of these surrounding municipalities that we're connected with I can't say who's going to come from where. I can't predict people, <laughs> but um, I'm confident that we'll be able to sell. Um, if I can get 75 people to an AIDS event, I can get 250
0: to a TED event. <laughs> so. Okay, any other questions Ms. Chapman?
8: What do you want me to talk
13: about? Apply. Yeah. what is your idea <laughs> hey,
8: it's got to be
0: positive but tell <laughs> me more about okay, that okay no ideas. we're good, we're good. We're good. <laughs> you could you could probably trot out your ballistics oh do you think Election.
9: there's lots of people that know more about that
0: than i do <laughs> okay well thank you very much Ms. jeffman and we'll uh thank you. let you know And the next group up is, I believe, the Chamber of Commerce. I have my agenda here. And Shannon. Hi. Welcome. Business week. Is this your baby?
3: That's my baby. Thank you, Your Worship and Council, for inviting us here today. I sent back the questions that we were required to answer. I, uh, I was successful in securing G7G Railway Corporation for the alternate speaker. Krista Freeland, of course, had to decline because of, of NAFTA. But we, I've been talking to her for about 18 months. I will continue to speak with her and do plan on bringing her to town I'm not sure under what umbrella or group yet but we will bring her at a
0: at a future date i'm sure yes. after we be signed by then
15: i would hope so <laughs> so i have uh, excuse me shelly just in trouble quickly um council i sent out the questions earlier to you does anyone need a hard copy Send that our email yep.
3: I got it at work really quick but didn't print it either. Okay, so I I have the least amount to ask tonight. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Bad news, I I need it by October as well. Mm -hmm. So uh, we're asking for $3,000 to help pay for the expenses of bringing the G7G in. That's all we have to pay for them. They don't require a fee. A speaking fee but they do require their expenses to be covered so i'll be speaking to him in the coming days the next few days to see what that will be for, for total so do you have any questions on the ones i've already answered if, if you need any anything are you familiar with the g7g no yes yeah. I'm not. You, should be. Hmm. you should be
1: so should I? Oh, a cheese. i'm just I you just reacted to,
3: to that comment. They're a, a British Columbia, Alberta corporation. They were formed to develop alternative solutions for the benefit of everyone. They will be supported and approved by directly affected First Nations, complete with equity ownership. I spoke to Matt Vickers a couple days ago, it was Friday, and he was just going into a meeting with the Transportation Minister of Alberta, and he said they were in the final t- stages of of getting their, their uh, money So like it's, it's happening and it's happening quite quickly apparently so i thought it would be really great timing to have them come and speak in october with everything that's going on with the pipeline that doesn't look too promising at the moment and i think this just gives us some hope and and uh, i think that's what the business community of peace river probably could use a little bit of hope right now with everything that's been going on you know losing out for um Carmen creek And just the economic climate in general. I think this would be a a great, uh, positive project to present
0: to the people of Alberta. 37G will carry Alberta resources to market. Isn't that what a is supposed to do for us?
12: (laughs) 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 This this is the group that uh, the Northern (laughs) (laughs) Transportation Advocacy Bureau has been dealing with. So, this railway from around Fort McMurray up Mm -hmm. around high level. Over maybe through BC if the nations agree, or up mm-hmm. into the further north, and then
0: down to Valdez. Mm-hmm. So we won't have another railway bridge here in River, Is that what you saying? Maybe have spur. Yeah. Maybe have spur
12: lines going north. Yeah,
2: mm-hmm. I think it's heavy. It's heavy rail, right? It had to be. That's why it had to come in through that area, right? <clears throat> I think
3: so. Yeah, and it's, uh, a, it's apparently a green project. Mm-hmm. It's to be electric cars. It's not gonna be the old type
0: it'll be uh, quite it's quite impressive the little bit of I've heard I haven't heard the whole presentation myself either. So I think it would be a um, really timely mm-hmm. but, uh, doesn't sound like it'll help DMI get any extra pulse mm-hmm. Never know. Okay, so you're looking for twenty eight hundred. Oh, three thousand. Pardon
3: me? Twenty nine ninety nine. <laughs>
11: <laughs>
2: is that close to three thousand? <laughs> well, all it says here is twenty-eight hundred, and I know it's down in black and
0: mm-hmm, was- Okay, we have a sponsorship letter that was we, we sent out as well. So, again, do you have any other questions? Do know when get the answers to the ones
3: that you
2: did request? So Shelly, just so you know, um, we are in the process of reworking that application so that there's not that return of, hey, you know, this, this, and this. So we are improving that tool and it's to be released for WIP for the 2019
15: year, right? 2019. Well, the new grants to groups application does have, the new grants to groups application does have um, does ask for more um, detail. Uh, this is something that, from a financial perspective, we ask of um, the majority of the applicants, can you provide additional information to support your application, help council make the decision? You know, all three applicants had to provide extra information, um, and it's just sort of part for the course. We're just trying to give uh, council all the tools and information they need to make their decisions.
7: thank
11: you no Shannon. how much money do you want to give ted talks (laughs) i think they've left the audience are they
8: still here
3: i'm not a ted talk kind of person is that it then okay well thank you very much for having me thank you um
0: We'll go we'll go through bylaws because there's none of them, uh, and then we will uh, we'll recess for five ten minutes. The press can ask the presenters
4: questions if they're so interested.
10: That's wrong. He says we can't do that. Collaborate with uh, that. Same thing as the speed shell. For sure. Boring. No, I like that idea. Maybe. Doable. Okay. I'm finished. It's <laughs> a request for <three> a decision.
5: <laughs> I understand
2: you've tried
0: mapping. Do you down on all this? Yep, yep. Who from the down is? That's great. Crime mapping. I guess they got the right
15: fugitive to handle that, didn't they, Mr. Down? That <laughs> will neither confirm nor deny nor worship my <laughs> supposed involvement in that. Uh, so this is uh, pretty straightforward. I think um, the RCMP were here uh, previous meeting discussed their crime mapping initiative. Um, I think there was some general interest from from uh, council and councillors to uh, consider this. And one of the questions after that meeting was the uh, technological impact or ability to uh, to proceed. Um, in discussions with our communication and IT departments. Um, it, it sounds fairly straightforward. It's just a script and a little bit of coding on our website to be able to achieve this. So, um, there's no real negative pros and cons to doing this. Um, there's no financial impact. It's just information and transparency. So if council is interested, we're looking for a affirmative uh, motion or recommendation to make this happen. Okay, any questions?
0: I don't know. I'll, a motion some
10: I'll make that motion, Your Worship, to uh, accept option one and authorize staff to set up a public facing crime mapping application on the town's website.
0: All no in favor? Aye. i
11: mm-hmm.
0: New business. First item is request for decision, attendance of Peace Regional. Healthcare attraction and retention committee skills
4: weekend
1: it's now a competition Everyone, mm-hmm. it's uh maybe uh, deputy mayor mansard to talk more about it uh, the actual activities that are out there but basically what they're asking is just to the uh, dinner function i believe uh just uh, want uh one additional member besides uh deputy mayor mansard will be attending and um that that's basically it. but it's uh uh, they're bringing in 56 different uh, medical students for a whole bunch of different act, uh, activities and uh, trying to just uh, give them a little flavor of the uh, community and uh, see what we have to offer and every community is stepping up their game so we're doing bungee jumping off the bridge No. I don't
12: That's know. All. <laughs> it sounds interactive
6: and they want interactive
1: well, actually i'm going to be sharing at it so it, it is risky <laughs> so, <laughs> but anyway uh that's basically the activity is uh, they're just looking for um uh, enabling motion for one of the first besides deputy mayor to attend the dinner function on the uh, september 26th or 22nd sorry
0: so who's going to back up deputy mayor the only skill you need is to eat i'm already going so. are you yeah so we got two
8: wait we couldn't I'll make
0: it. Oh go ahead. No. I'll make an a motion. We'll have uh, to attend this. All right, in there. Okay. Next item is request for a decision on the World Religions Conference.
1: That's uh, uh, again on October 15th. The annual World Relations Conference will be held at Sauvage uh, Inn. This uh, event will feature scholars from Aboriginal spiritual traditions, Christianity, and Islam. Council has received an invitation to attend and present a welcome from the town. Um, basically, we're just uh, looking for a council enabling motion for uh, any members of council to attend the conference, and uh, also uh, one delegate to bring uh, greetings on behalf of the town. So
0: that's September, September, 15th Yes. Why
10: don't we send an before? atheist to it, miss Downey? <laughs> <laughs> Is that what I've become? <laughs> You're the token. <laughs> okay. the <Yep, yep. laughs> field. How <does> it feel? <laughs> get a little
1: lapse top it just get crazy so do you people go to these things (laughs) (laughs) it's an
2: educational
12: experience (laughs) all the way around it
2: really is uh, your worship i'd like to make an enabling uh, motion for um, council members to attend the conference um, and and one of them uh, bring greetings from on behalf of the council
0: because there's no point in enabling anybody, particularly if no one's gonna stand up and make opening comments. We had uh, we had a couple of uh, counselors in the previous four years that would step up for this, but uh, we're not on council anymore. So. Uh, so is anyone actually gonna come? 2 to 3.30 this Saturday. Yeah. 2 to 3.30?
1: What the poster says. Just such late notice. Okay,
0: I'll see if I can fit it. Seriously, like, you got to make a commitment to one way or another. Yeah, sure.
1: Okay. I'm already booked for later in the day. The geese will all alive. be dead by 11 o'clock. I'll, I'll, I'll get there. <laughs> oh, what? Okay. We do have a
0: motion on the floor. Okay, uh, so you all bring the reading, Sure. Okay, we'll just enable one night, unless nobody else is going to accept it. I just hope not. Okay, then okay, um, you need the museum to uh, write up greetings with. That would probably be safer. <laughs> okay, the <resume>. museum. <laughs> Did you hear about it? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Okay, all in favor of Ms. Downing's motion that has been amended to enable on Council. Uh, Taxi Pass program. Somebody's looking for a decision.
5: Your Worship and Council, the report before you this evening is the final revised Taxi Pass policy. Uh, council has seen it, the draft policy previous GMP meeting and the policy changes, with Changes, excuse me, <coughs> were also discussed at, at the council table in June. Um, this is the subsequent policy that we uh, reviewed at the GMP meeting that with a, a very minor change in formatting is presented to you this evening with no other changes from that meeting. Um, as discussed previously, This would be a substantial change in the format and the program process of how the tickets are used by clients. Um, It will also mean a proper remuneration to cab companies for their existing fare rates. Um, The program tickets will be available to clients at the existing rate of $15 for 20 tickets. We will be adding a (coughs) third booklet per month. For clients at the same rate, same n- number of tickets. Um, there are a number of options uh, before you in the report. Option one being to proceed with the <coughs> excuse me just at the tail end of getting better here um, that the existing taxi policy be superseded with the new attached and revised policy and we proceed with the changes uh, effective November 1st. 2018. Uh, Option two is to maintain your existing program policy and make no changes as it were. Option three is for council to direct administration to explore other program options or program changes to the tax pass program. Um, Just a quick note from our previous GNP meeting. There was a question in regards to the um, existing subsidy percentage and I did the calculation. And the current program as it sits is an 88% subsidy. So we're high 80s uh, subsidization when it comes to this program all around would be down to 85% with the new program rate. So a a 3% reduction still within um, quite a high subsidy rate for a, a program. Um, administration does recommend that we proceed, council proceeds with the um, attached new taxi pass program policy, and that we adopt that policy and put in place the changes effective November 1st, 20, 2018. Okay. We
0: discussed we discuss this after the last EMP, but not everybody was here tonight, so. Any questions of Ms. I mean, Ms. <laughs> uh, Ms. Clark, Ms. Bell. Thank you. Or should I say Ms. <laughs> Banzer?
4: <laughs> <laughs> There's a myriad of names there. <laughs> hey.
5: Thank you, Your Worship. Sorry, no,
2: no, did you have your hand up? I was um, So, I appreciate when he calls you Ms. Clark because yeah. I'm. Uh, Still am. Yep. I know. I sometimes <laughs> email you after <laughs> that, doesn't work. Um, so, Tanya, you know what? I. I'm i am obviously paid attention to this. You know, I've brought it up a couple of times. I realize that we've had to make some changes. Um, I I like what we've done to sort of mitigate the, the issues that might be. Uh, that might be presenting themselves, um, and you know I've brought up, are we sure we're capturing the, the whole thing? And then I go, yeah, right. We can't afford to capture everyone, unfortunately. Uh, but and and I guess my only thing is, is that I see this as a good a good alternative for at this point. Um, I'm not sure whether you're aware of that on social media the town was taking a little hit again <laughs> over public transportation. Um, so this might be a really good way for us to come back out and say it isn't that public transportation isn't important to us. Yep. We're always we're always trying to tweak that situation.
5: So,
0: yeah. Especially when you mentioned that we subsidize it to eighty eight or eighty-five percent. It's
5: a, a substantial subsidy for the clients that are accessing the and program. And it's focused in on those
0: that actually need Correct. Yeah. But it's focused in on the transportation board.
12: Correct. Okay. I put forward a motion um, that the existing taxi pass program policy be superseded and council adopt the revised taxi pass program policy with the program changes coming into effect November
0: 1st, 2018. So Ms. you'll know, get that out on social media that we subsidize the routine of 85% and it's focused in on the transportation board. Yep. I haven't seen the routine. Briefing note course. actually
11: says 88, uh, your worship. That was that? the Pre- Pre-
12: previous program. Previous
10: so don't advertise we're going the wrong way. Well, that's kind of a bit like yeah. keeping in mind that
1: right now the taxi companies are also doing a big portion of subsidizing. So that 88 is it? Is it,
5: it doesn't screwed? capture the yeah. the actual taxi
8: side of it. It only captures our, the town's portion. Correct. Well, I think if, this, if you're going to put a point out our 88%, it might be good to put a couple of comparatives in there. Mm-hmm. Say that, for example, what the Utah
1: talking about in Victoria, whatever, yeah, they do it at 50%, 50%. Just, just
8: to make the point home. Oh, you know, like your thing about earlier with the graphs, 85% doesn't mean yeah. a lot in the vacuum. That's well, 85%, maybe somebody else has been 100, but they're not. So let's compare it to the ones that are doing it and say, you know, they're at 30, we're at 80. Preferably the most transportationally progressive city in
1: Canada. Fair enough.
0: <laughs> hey. Next, I am... All in We adopted it by consensus.
6: <laughs> <laughs>
0: did we vote? Very good, thank you. Okay. You can vote. Um... <laughs> request for a decision on an invitation to canalized open house.
1: Uh, Your Worship and Council, uh, basically, um what has happened is is that uh, west is having an open house after numerous numerous uh times of trying to get a facility and uh they now have a facility and they've invited council to uh attend uh unfortunately though, this is when the majority of us are at uh the AUMA conference however i do you know the mayor is not going to the AUMA so they have requested that you know some members of council attend they open the house and also if uh, greetings could be uh,
0: given also. So, uh, when uh. is this particular one and when is the AUMA? The, the AUMA is... Uh, this is Tuesday night, and it starts
1: Wednesday.
10: Oh, does it start
0: Wednesday? And when do you have the RCMP solicitor general schedule? Uh, I don't know, I've asked for it. So they, how long does the AUMA go? It goes until Friday, maybe Friday afternoon. But they probably are simply Switzerland solicitor general. Probably won't be there Friday.
1: I'm not sure. I can find out.
0: If and you might want to actually fly down. Okay. Right. Back up, my buddy. When are we? Some people Some people We've got a, We're gonna have a. We're going to have a tet
11: a with your CV at auma. well well I, I i would hope so i just uh it's a fine by on that topic so counselor needham also was confirmed on the auma policing committee that my colleagues supported me on six months ago and i just got an email late today so i'm surmising because this is a provincial committee that all those politicians on the committee and they range from Bill gibbon and Grand Prairie to um, peace river to uh um, to sundry there's 10 politicians on there i presume we're meeting at the ume because it would just make logical sense that um, the committee uses that as an opportunity to kick start and of course the the topic is the same in this business of policing costs so whether I meet with them independently or whether this committee kicks off, I'm not sure, or maybe both. So um, it will certainly be. A, I, I guess it will be a topic, you
0: know, I, I understand that your expenses will be paid for by the province, and if you pass the breathalyzer test, your alcohol expenses will also. Be it, it,
11: it, I I understand that's the case, but if something about
0: has to be pre-authorized. And I'm not. I didn't quite understand that part. I, I know you can hold your liquor, Mr. Ham, that's why you're on that committee. So. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll drink to that. <laughs> uh,
8: way to come back. To <laughs> well, I think it's important that we have a press there. What time is this? Well, or, no, I'll, uh, I'll be
0: there. Mr. Fair asked me directly, so i that. So I'll be there. So I'll be there. Tuesday at four o'clock. Sure. So you want to make a motion to enable
1: counselors to attend. Okay. I think I'm gonna to try to go as well and um drive partway and then drive the rest of the way in the morning to the conference. So I'm gonna to try to attend
12: this i So I'll move that councilors uh, counselors be enabled to attend the grand opening and the mayor or designate will bring
0: all in right, favor? Oh. Any reports to be had, Mr. I No, Your Worship. Uh... Okay. Other information there seem to be three items, uh, or are there four? Three, Your Worship. Okay. Uh, Mighty Peace Watershed Alliance monthly newsletter. That, um is there anything you want to underscore there ms Mather? um just the item on uh,
12: wetlands education any and all are welcome to register for our october 29th or 30th sessions and they can read it in the newsletter
0: and the sessions are being held where
12: october 29th is in grimshaw and october 30th sexment
0: uh an indigenous way of life traditional life skills uh, Ms. Mandaray I believe you're on our interagency aboriginal interagency committee do you want to highlight anything on, on with respect to this information um no uh
12: Counselor Downing is um uh, my alternate but I believe this is a four day pretty intense day session on um basically learning about culture and other aboriginal, traditional life
0: skills. Is there uh, So it's four days? Is there an interest by one or more counselors to attend this? This event is here, this river is. It It is. So four days. Anyone want to commit to that? All expenses (laughs)
2: paid. I'd like to commit to it, but it is is definitely a thing.
0: And then it takes us to the rural mental health program. Are you our, are you our leading advocate on mental health improvement if this community goes down?
2: I'm not sure that I'm the lead on it because I know we're all concerned about it. So, uh, but I, this is just a letter of information for the council, and um, I think it's exciting that uh, that there's some
0: energy and time being spent on rural men- mental health projects it's timely any interest in
2: going mr skillet it, it's not, a- it's, <laughs> not a- <laughs> <laughs> it's clearly information
0: i'm
1: like the sanest person to hold this office <laughs> don't look that quote
0: up <laughs> get, very good so i'll entertain a motion to accept items 10.1 through 10.3 is inclusive. More oh. information. Mr. Good, all in favor? Okay. Notices motion. Mr. Parker. Yeah, none, Your Worship. Uh, comments from the public? I'm, I don't see any lay people in the uh, in the gallery, so I'm assuming there won't be any comments from the public. Um communication items, so I will turn to the press and ask them, was, was this meeting worth attending?
4: They all are. <laughs> 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 and, and what, in particular, about this
0: meeting made it worth attending? Well, you was playing a lot tonight, so mm-hmm. yeah, that's going to sure. And, Candy, can I
12: talk to people in the Texas
4: Council? I'll Keep your
15: distance from. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'll wear my hazmat. <laughs> 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 like, Only you can do like double two. you need seconds? Is that
2: the problem? Uh-huh. <laughs> <You> never know. Or <laughs> <And, laughs> can I get some comments from you whenever tomorrow about the success of the motion? The motion being
12: passed yep. to the correct program? Okay. All nice. cool. right. indigenous way of life, traditional life skills, etc., uh, mental health
4: program.
0: You know, the Sagua Tala Friendship Center is the best one for the Indigenous way of life. They put out the In Okay. Um,
2: and the Rural Mental Health Project, you can actually find that online. It's a, it's a Health Canada um, promotion. Am I right about that in partnership? Yeah,
5: is it a partnership with the um, FCSS Provincial Association? Oh, yes, that's okay.
0: Yeah, we want to promote that FCSSS, right? And then also,
4: Dan, at two meetings, well, needs, uh, needs, uh, for the the meeting?
5: Yeah, we were talking about doing a tour. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but we're, we're going to move it to October. So we can have a chat or we can wait for each year. Yeah. Whatever works for you. Is there a date for the tour? <coughs> <coughs> Um, it'll be in October, and I don't want to give you a date off the top of my head. And then we have.
0: At which he has yes, thirty, thirty-one
5: options. <laughs> <laughs> no, we hold some meetings um, every other Thursday morning, so it'll always be in conjunction. That's when the architects are here. We only pay for him once, and, um, <laughs> so it's mid-October. But
0: I'll send you a date. And so on the it's on the indigenous way of life, but huh? who 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 is the best contact? Like who's the it's not. Um... So it's
2: it's no, it's Antoinette. I think oh. it's Antoinette Williard, Right. Yeah, at, at the Friendship Center. Yeah, this th- I've heard about this program before, and I'm actually really interested in it. But four days, four oh, full days. Yeah. It's a four full day program,
5: and it's intense. And you have to commit.
12: Four days,
5: yeah. And all to no. yeah. No. 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 It's been offered
4: here
12: um, a couple of years ago as well. So.
0: So, so for counselors that attend conferences and then you. book off to call this would not be a good session. And the world religious conference starts
6: this coming Saturday. Yeah,
0: that's actually held every year or so. And Mr. Scamhorn will be our rep. And bring the evangelical point of view.
1: I'm sure someone else will be there that knows more about it than I do. <laughs> Go ahead. Yeah, can I just get a quote about the
9: uh, police crime and thing? And I'm sure I'll have some questions about some of the other things later on. Okay.
0: Orange your man for crime mapping. So awesome,
12: I think we should also remember that Miserable Miles is happening That's right. this Saturday. Is this no,
0: Saturday? Saturday, Saturday? I think it's Saturday. the 15th. Yeah. A
12: Saturday, right. So hopefully the
0: weather's better. So we'll be promoting that on social media when we Miserable Miles.
2: Because it yeah. is one of our yeah. cats for groups. Yeah.
5: They, it has been one of the top ten
7: traffic
0: uh, pages on our website the last two weeks, so there's definitely public interest. I think they're landing there through Google searches right now. But can put it out on our social media as yeah. well. Thanks. I uh hear through the grapevine that they got they're going to have the largest turnout yet. Okay. Very good. Uh, is there anything else we should add to that, Ms. You? To what the press brought up? Uh, no, not the I, I guess we can't mention anything about the uh, Women's Shelter. The women's shelter, even though it's all gonna be podcasts, so nothing official,
7: no official announcements. It's official discussion. <laughs> That's on the podcast.
0: Yes. Yeah. Um
10: Go ahead. Your Worship, I did attend, it's probably worth uh, mention. I did attend the uh, ramp ceremony at the uh, fire department uh, with our uh, CAO on Sunday at 9.30 in conjunction with the nine uh, eleven event a number of years ago, so it was very well attended. Great. Okay, um, um, motion to, no, no
0: motion, we will recess then we'll vote, we'll give, the, give uh, the press time to leave the building so we can go in camera and then we will adjourn the meeting and then we will have an idp workshop okay thank you recess five ten minutes signature sir. Okay, so interest for the and what time do you want to Okay. And um, they usually, yeah, right. they go on the next well, I to do Okay. Do yeah. perfect. 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 A offer. Offer. Okay. You're going to yeah. Okay. Cool. Thank you.